Well, good morning again, and uh, we're starting a brand new series today, and I am excited. Uh, we're in this series going to be looking at some questions that people sometimes ask, and maybe you're asking some of these questions, and maybe if it's not you, someone you know has been asking questions like this, and one of the things that we have to remember is as we go through life and we inter- interact with people and we deal with people and we have relationships with others, there are going to be times when we are disappointed, when we're let down, when we, when we feel like uh, someone has pulled the rug out from under us. And so I want to really deal with the question this morning, how do I respond or what should I do when someone lets me down? Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands this morning, but I have a feeling that in a crowd this size, there are some of you this morning who are still hurting from some type of letdown in your life. And as we go through this series and as we zero in on this hard question this morning, I want us to begin to think about how to handle this and what's the right way and what does God's word have to say about how to deal with situations such as this. Basically, uh, we're answering the question, what do you do when you put your trust in someone and you end up hurt, you end up being let down? How am I supposed to respond to that? Now, some of you right now are dealing with some major relational letdowns in your life. You've been maybe in a, in a job situation where you've had some friends. Maybe you've, you've been there for some years, and because of some circumstances, you're having to make a transition. Maybe some of your friends in that network of people you know at your job are making a transition, and you're starting to feel like there's a little bit of a void in your life. There may be some of you this morning who grew up with some things that happened in your life, and what happened in your life disappointed you and let you down in such a way that it's shaded your outlook to the negative. And so now you kind of look at people suspiciously. You don't give anyone the benefit of the doubt. You, you kind of keep yourself at a distance from people. And let me just explain something to you. Our culture is moving more and more in this direction, especially with the empowerment of technology. We don't have to deal with people face-to-face, and we can say things with our thumbs that we probably wouldn't say with our mouths to their face. And so this, this dynamic is happening in our community, in our culture today, where we're, 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 we're feeling a little more disconnected, even though people are in our hip pocket 24-7, our relationships are being hurt. Now at the slightest thing, especially because people are so sensitive, it seems like, at the slightest thing, we feel hurt, we feel disappointed, we feel let down. And it affects our relationships and shades everything to the negative. And so if you've had some events in your life or some things that have happened lately, whether they've been online or in, in person or, or through a phone call, and they've shaped you toward the negative, this is for you today. I want you to take notes today. I want you to write some of these thoughts down. I want you to go home and pray about this and how can I put this into my life and how can I allow this to bring some healing to me, not even the relationship, just to me. How can God use some of this to help me get to a better place in life. So I encourage you to take notes today. Now, some of you here this morning, you may be parents, and maybe you're aching with pain because you possibly have raised your children one way, and now today they're at another place. They're in another direction. They're, they're not living up to the, the standards that you taught them or the, the morality that you shared with them as a, as a parent, and you, you feel a little disconnected. You feel a little let down. 
that your efforts and, and the time you spent praying for them and training them and working with them has, has all gone to waste. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel a little bit betrayed by something that someone has said about you and, and it's really let you down and you feel disappointed this morning. And, and you're wondering, you know, why are people hurting me? Why are people saying these things about me? And you're sitting here this morning saying, what am I supposed to do with all this? How do, how do I handle all this? How do I handle being in a culture where people are, are at each other's throats, uh, where things go viral, and, and you say something or do something stupid, and somebody puts it on video, and the whole world gets to see it, right? How do, how do we live in a culture like this? How do we deal with these people? And some of you who perhaps you're, you're at a, a time of, of, of need and no one really knows what you're going through. Maybe you've already gone through a situation and you really wished someone had been there for you when you were going through it and you feel like you were let down, that, that no one really walked with you through the situation. No one really knew how you felt. And as we talk about how we're going to deal with these hurts and these needs and these situations like this, I want us to remember uh, the life of Jesus. Remember Jesus, the guy we're following? Remember that guy? Let, let me share something with you about how he felt and what he went through. And those of you who've read the Gospels, you, you probably have seen this. Remember, he was the sinless son of God, right? He never sinned against anyone or against God, his father. He never did anything to deserve anything wrong from another person. And yet, even though he was completely faultless in every way, people let him down over and over again. People disappointed Jesus all the time. People betrayed him often. And what I find interesting, and, and maybe you've thought about this before, or maybe you haven't, as you read through the gospel narratives, and even there in Acts, uh, before Jesus ascends back to heaven, one of the things that I've looked for and I don't see, and if you see it, let me know, but I don't ever see an instance recorded where Jesus smiled or laughed. Have you thought about that? Now, I'm, I'm sure he did. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure he did, because in the movies, we see him always doing that, right? No, I, but, no, I really do. I really do think he smiled and laughed. He had emotions, but it seems like when he was dealing with people, which is what is the recordings are of the Gospels, when he's dealing with people, it's not a happy time. There's always disappointment. He's dealing with a bunch of people who are constantly letting him down and disappointing him. And, and it's never recorded that he ever smiled or, 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 or laughed. But what we do find is that over and over again in the Gospels, we find people hurt Jesus. We find Jesus uh, retreating to spend time with the Father. Why? So he could get recharged, so he could kind of deal with all of the heaviness of people's junk that they have in their lives. And I'm going to tell you something. <clears throat> As you walk into our culture and into our world. The Bible calls us light and that we are to go into the darkness. And I want to tell you something. The darkness has a way of closing in on the light. The darkness has a way of, of taking some of that joy that we have and sucking it out of us. The darkness sometimes hurts, and it hurts us. 
And I believe that it hurt Jesus. And I believe that it took a lot of what he had out of him, and he had to go and recharge with the Father. Now, as we read in the Old Testament some of the prophecies about Jesus, there's a well-known prophecy in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, and it described the Messiah, the coming Messiah. Now, listen to this. It says, he was despised and rejected by men. He himself, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Now, as you begin to think about what you've gone through in your life that shaped you maybe toward the negative or some of the pain or or some of the experiences that you're dealing with now that are disappointments, that are let down, that are hurts, I want you to keep in mind that Jesus went through the same things. He went through it. He understands how you feel because he's had that happen to him. He can relate to you because he's felt the same way. He understands when someone betrays you, what that feels like. He understands when someone starts a rumor about you, what that feels like. He understands what it feels like when you're accused of doing something (coughs) that you did not do, and yet people are accusing you of doing it. Think about Jesus, perfect and sinless in every way, and yet some people said he's demon-possessed. Remember that? Some people said he's drunk. He's a drunkard. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's crazy. Some people said that he, he's, he's not <coughs> really caring for the people. He just, he's trying to build this big following and, and get famous. And then to top it all off, one of his very close 12, Judas, one of his disciples that he poured three years of ministry into, imagine this, training someone on the job for three years and then they cut your throat, right? That's, that's basically what happened, literally in this case, because he died. Judas betrays him. So as you begin to shape your, your thoughts around this message this morning, I want you to start with the thought that Jesus knows how you feel. He's been there. He's done that. And he's able to help you through it because he knows exactly what you're going through. You see, the problem is when people hurt us or let us down, we are not the son of God. So it's easy for us to slip into some sinful behavior. It really is. And so this morning, I want to kind of start by giving you some, some warning signs, some, some, uh, some red flags that might come up if you're feeling this way or you've been hurt or you've been disappointed, you've been let down by someone in your life. There are four categories that I think we can slip into that are really sinful ways to deal with the problem. So if you're taking notes this morning, write these down. The very first thing that can happen to us, <clears throat> and quite frankly, I see this one happening a lot is that when we get hurt or when someone hurts us or lets us down, one of our first reactions is to harden our heart. We just say, okay, um, someone's hurt me, so forget it. I'm never trusting that person again. They don't deserve a second chance or a third chance. That's it. I'm done with them. Or sometimes we write off a whole group of people. Well, they're part of that group, and he hurt me or she hurt me, so I don't trust the whole lot of them. I'm not going to give them the time of day. I'm not going to ever, I'll be kind, I'll I'll wave, I'll do whatever, but I'm not really going to be in relationship with any of 
those people, whoever those people are. It's called a hardened heart is what it is. And it's when you begin to say, you know what, I'm hurt, so I'm going to put this wall up here, and I'm not going to let anyone really come in because I don't want to be hurt again. I'm not going to let anyone really know me. I'm just going to put a pretense up, and that's as far as they're going to get. I'm going to stay safe because I'm going to keep my guard up. That way, no one can really hurt me. And some of you may be here right now, and you just don't want to get hurt again, so you're living with a hard heart. Now, another thing we can slip into, another, another way we can deal with this wrong and, and really into an, enter into an area of sin is that we get a prideful spirit. Now, I think this happens mostly with more mature Christians. And let me explain what's going on here when this happens. A lot of times we get hurt, someone does something against us, and, and we, 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 the result is a, a prideful spirit, and we say, oh, that low down, no good, whatever you want to call them, I would never do anything like that to anyone in a moment of weakness. I wouldn't give in because I am better than that. That's called a prideful spirit. You know, but by the grace of God, there go I, right? And so sometimes we look at people, we feel the hurt, and we say, I'm better than, I would never. I would never do that, right? I would never do that. Well, I can't guarantee that you would or wouldn't, but I can guarantee you this. When you start to think and talk like that, that is a prideful spirit in your heart. If you want to know more about pride, go look at the life of David. Look through the Bible. Look in the Proverbs. Talks about pride coming before a fall, right? Listen, we have to be careful about that prideful spirit. But then there's another way we can react that's just as bad, and it's called justified sin. It's called justified sin. Another dangerous result is justified sin. Now, in reality, there's no such thing as justified sin. Let me make that real clear. So you don't go home and say, well, Pastor David said, I can justify my sin. Let me just find that verse in the Bible and I can do what I want to. Right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you that you can. I'm saying that some people try to. They try to and they say, for instance, maybe at work, you know, I don't feel like I get paid enough in this job. So I'm just going to fudge some numbers on my expense report and make up the difference. Or I'm just going to help myself to a few supplies here and compensate that shortfall, they should be paying me a lot more than this. Or you know what, when a man says, you know, my wife is not really meeting my needs, so <clears throat> I'm just going to watch some stuff online and have those needs met. There's a lot of ways we can begin to justify sin. We've been hurt and so we're trying to find some way to justify this thing that we're dealing with in our hearts. And maybe it's a sinful thing. And yet, we're hurt because someone is not paying us enough or paying us enough attention or, or doing something that we feel like we need. And so we feel this sense of hurt and we try to justify our actions in some way. Maybe someone gossiped about you and you think, you know what? I've got some dirt on them too. We can play, two can play at this game, right? Justified sin. Now, let me give you another one. 
Another one is called a revengeful attitude. A revengeful attitude. And this is a dangerous one because when you get a revengeful attitude in your heart, you may not actually act it out, but it's in your mind. And, and this is, this is a, an attitude, right? It's a revengeful attitude. And so what you do is you start to think things like, oh boy, they've got theirs coming. One day I'm going to be there when this all comes crashing down on them and they get canned and on their way out, I'm going to tell them, don't let the door hit your bottom on the way, right? This is a revengeful attitude. We, we may not be acting out on it, but we're thinking, oh, they had that coming. I hope they suffer for years. Oh, they deserve it. They deserve it. And the sad thing is many people today are living with this unresolved heart. And so what do we do with this? If we've been hurt and, and we're dealing with this kind of stuff and we, we feel this sense of disappointment in our life, there are a couple of things that we can ask God for that will help us move past this and to deal with these disappointments. So I want to give you two of those, and I want you to really begin to pray about these. God, would you please help me? Because some of you this morning, I know you've already started to identify with this whole thing a little bit, and, and you're starting to say, okay, now what's the answer yeah, maybe I have tried to justify my sin. Yeah, maybe I do have a, a little bit of a revengeful attitude. You know, maybe I have been going through and, and kind of thinking of ways that <clears throat> I can get back at somebody because my heart is hard. Or maybe I have become a little proud and I, I'm trying to convince myself that I would never do that. So what should we do? Well, write this down. Two things that we can begin to ask God for. And as we deal with this disappointment, we've got to get something from God. Now, the good news, again, is that Jesus has been through this, and he knows exactly what it takes. The first one sounds a little weird, but let me explain it to you. Okay, write this down. The first way that we pray as we deal with disappointment is this. When we've been hurt, here's what we should do. We should pray, God, help me have a duck back outlook. Now, I know many of you are saying, like, a duck, like, whack, 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 whack. Yes, that's what I'm talking about, a duck. <clears throat> and if you've ever been near ducks or geese or any of those water-bound uh, animals that paddle around a lake or something, and you, you, you get water on them, and you ever watch this, they go under the water, they come up, but they're not soaking wet. Why is that? Well, what happens is the water just beads up on their feathers and rolls off. It doesn't stick to them. And this is the idea we have to have and ask God to help us with when people hurt us or betray us or let us down. We have to say, God, let that just roll off. God, I don't want that to be stuck to me. I don't want it to be stuck to my soul, and I don't want to carry this around with me and have it weigh me down. How many of you know water's heavy, right? You can get waterlogged. You can get waterlogged with, with disappointments and regrets. You can get waterlogged with all the things that's gone wrong in life and the things that you didn't get that you wanted, and you can walk around with such a waterlogged, rotten attitude that you don't get anything done and you really don't go anywhere in life. Why is it? It's because all this stuff is sticking to you. And so we begin to pray, God, help me have a duck-back attitude. And that is where these things, these offenses, literally roll off. Look at Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. It says, a man's wisdom gives, a, gives him patience, 
And listen to this last part of this verse. It is to his glory. It is to your glory to overlook an offense. Someone offends me. Someone hurts me. Someone disappoints me. Duck back attitude. I'm just going to have to let that one roll off. It's to your own glory to do this. And literally what that word means is it means to pass over. I'm just going to let this pass over. I'm just going to let it roll off my back. So for many of us, I'm convinced that we're way too easily offended. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that in society, I told you earlier, this it's kind of moving in that direction. We're very touchy-feely and overly sensitive. I heard something. I, I, thought, they were, I thought they were joking, but it, this person was serious. It was on a news show I was watching, and uh, uh, the, the, the person there was advocating that we ask our babies permission before we change their diapers. And I'm trying to think <clears throat> how that would literally work, right? Is it like one goo for yes and two goos for no? I don't. <laughs> but I mean, we're, we're very sensitive about so many things today, and we don't want to offend anyone, and we don't want to, you know, don't offend anybody and, and get their permission before you shake their hand or whatever. I mean, really? Have, have we become that overly sensitive in a society where we're, where we're to the point where, where we're afraid to talk to people because we might offend them? We're afraid to, to be in relationship with people because, ooh, I might say the wrong thing? No wonder we're, we're, we're resorting to our devices so much. But this says if we get the right attitude and we quit being uh, easily offended, you know, well, he didn't even notice my new hairdo. What, what was it? You know, those kinds of things. We're offended about everything. If we can move past that, you know, and, and, and get to a place where we can actually be in community with people and say, okay, but they probably didn't really mean that. Okay, and even if they did, it's okay. I'm not going to let it ruin my day. I'm not going to let it tear me down. Now, what if it was, what would it be like if Jesus, if Jesus had been easily offended? Think about this, right? What if Jesus is up there preaching his Sermon on the Mount, and, and he's doing this great job, and you know, you've got it recorded there in Matthew uh, chapter 5 and 6, and it's just a powerful, powerful sermon. It's his most famous. And you know, what if Jesus had been overly sensitive, and after he'd preached the Sermon on the Mount, what, can you imagine him getting done with preaching and leaning over to one of his disciples and saying, hey guys, do you think I did okay? Was, was I too harsh? Do, do you think I might have hurt anyone's feelings, guys? Um, did I come across as judgmental, do you think? Um, unaffirming, maybe? And Oh, dear, do you think they'll ever come back? <laughs> I mean, seriously. And yet, that's how we're thinking today, right? And Jesus didn't do that. And, 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 here's, and here is something I want you to understand. When Jesus fed the 5,000 with this miraculous meal, you know, and, and he just, he says, okay, what, what if he would have just done this? Feeds the 5,000 this miraculous meal, and uh, it was another great miracle, one that we talk about all the time. And what if he would have gone back to his, uh, wherever he was staying, some upper room, some apartment, wherever, and he said to his disciples, you know, guys, I'm never going to do that again. Well, why, Jesus? You know, everybody had all this food. It was a great miracle. Why would you never do that again? Well, no one gave me a thank you note. 
And if they really appreciated it, they would have wrote a thank you note. So forget that. No more miraculous feeding of multitudes, you know. I mean, really? And yet, I've heard people say that. No, they didn't give me a note, you know. I'm never doing that again for them. Romans chapter 12, verse 21, it says this, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good, right? Now, here are two real quick things that you need to understand about people. First of all, people will let you down, so stop hoping they won't, okay? Just good practical advice today, okay? Uh, as, is, is as true as it can be, people are going to let you down, so stop hoping they won't. They will disappoint you. Every single one of them at some point will disappoint you in some way. Here's the second thing, though. People can't meet your needs, so stop hoping they will because that's what really leads to disappointment. You say, oh, he let me down, he hurt me. It's because you were looking to him to have all your needs met. Oh, she let me down, she hurt me. You're looking to her to have all your needs met. They can't do that. I can't meet all of my wife's needs. I can't meet all of my children's needs. I can't do that. I can meet some of them. I can do my best, but I can't do it all. And for them to expect that of me is unfair to me. And for me to expect that of them is unfair to them. You understand? So I need to quit hoping. You need to quit hoping. Nowhere in Scripture does it say trust in people with all of your heart. (laughs) Nowhere. Right? It says trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Right? Because he's not going to disappoint you. He won't let you down. Let God meet your needs. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 says this. When we're cursed, we bless. When we're persecuted, we endure it. Let it roll off your back. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. God give us this duck back attitude. Now, the second thing is this. And I can't see the clock. I'm sorry, guys. It's the reflection. But uh, got one on here somewhere. Okay, we're doing good. Let me, let, me, let me bring it on home, though. All right, number two is this. God help me keep a soft heart. God help me keep a soft heart. That's a prayer. That's part of the response to this whole thing. God, give me that attitude, that duck back outlook where things roll off, and God, give me a soft heart. And I'm convinced that your potential level of effectiveness it, it, it would, it, 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 in this world, it hinges on what you do with these two thoughts. You see, if you're easily offended, you will never get to higher levels in a relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm not going to name names because I would be killed. Uh, but there are people that I know that I, I can't go too deep with because they're very sensitive. And I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And so I just have to walk very easily around these people. Okay? And, and you might know people like this in your workplace or in one of your social networks. And there's people that you just, you, you've learned that, that, you know, there's certain things you just don't talk about. They get rattled or they get offended or comments. And when they ask those loaded questions, you, you slide to the side a little bit because you don't answer those directly. And, and I'm just telling you, if, you're, if you get to a place in your life where you become overly sensitive, then people are going to have a very difficult time in the deeper, higher parts of relationships with you. It's going to remain very surface and very shallow. You understand why, right? 
because they don't want to offend you. They don't want to go down that road with you, and so they're going to just keep it on a very, uh, a very surface level. And so we, as followers of Christ, and we understand as human beings, we're created to be in relationship with each other, and so we have to keep the sensitivity thing in check. We have to begin to say, okay, God, you know what? Don't let my heart get too hard here because I want to be in relationship with people. I want to hear what they think. And even if it's offensive to me, I can deal with that, Lord, with your help. And the higher you go in leadership and influence, listen to me, those of you who are in, in, in the workforce and in management and you work with teams and you work with people, listen to me. The higher you go in influence and leadership, I want you to understand this, the more people will criticize you. Got real quiet in here. It's true. It's true. And if you don't believe me, you start at the top down, and you start at the leader of this country. And it doesn't matter who the leader is. It just happens to be one person right now, but in a few years, it'll be another person, and in a few years, it'll be another person. There's always, the higher you go, in leadership and influence, the more critical people become of you. If you're the CEO of your corporation you work for, you're the owner of your business, you're the, the person they criticize the most. And as you go lower in influence, it's less. Do you understand that principle? And I want you to understand something. If you want to rise up in your influence and leadership, you have to learn to let those things roll off. You just have to learn it. You know what? That's fine. They can think that. That's okay. I know it's not true. I know it's not, I'm not going to let it impact me. It's not going to destroy my day. I'm going to just have to move on. And if you talk to any good leader, you learn that that's what they have to do. And so I'm just giving you that little tidbit for whatever it's worth. Jesus sums it up like this. He was once asked, what's the greatest command of all? And he said, it all boils down to this, that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all your strength. And the second one is that you love your neighbor as yourself. So as followers of Christ, we have to have a big heart for God and for God's people. And yet many who claim to follow Jesus are hard-hearted. I'm telling you, folks, you meet them all the time, and I'm embarrassed for Jesus when I meet these people. They're hard-hearted, they're mean, they're inconsiderate, and yet they call themselves a Christian. They say and do things that would embarrass me, and yet they call themselves a Christian. I think they embarrass Jesus. I think he goes, oh, no, this one of my kids again over there. <laughs> that one. There they go again. <laughs> I mean, really, it's, it's, it's tough. And, and so most of you, you know, you're, you're dealing with people, uh, and, and, and sometimes they're going to get under your skin. Sometimes they're going to, they're going to do things to you that are going to, to hurt you. And, and I, I just want you to understand something here. Look at what Jesus says in, in uh, Luke 23, 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they know not what they're doing. I want you to understand the context of this here. Jesus was giving his life. He was dying for us. And at that moment, you know, I always like to think, what would I have done if I were Jesus? And uh, I think back in his ministry, I think I would have been a little bit more assertive personally as a human. 
Because people were always coming against Jesus. I'm telling you, the more influential you become, the louder your critics are. And people were calling him names. And you know what? They were disappointing him left and right. They were telling stories about him. And they were accusing him of all this stuff. And the religious leaders of the day were making up junk. And they were, they were you know, this whole thing was a false setup, this, this, this uh, crucifixion. But I think maybe early on in, in ministry, I was thinking about this this week. If I were Jesus, and they were lying about me, and they were insulting me, and they were, they were telling all these things about me. And, you know, at some point I would say, you know, guys, I'll take it to a point. And then I would remember I have supernatural powers. And at some point, I would say, you guys are talking to the Son of God this way. You know what? No more. You do it one more time, and I'm going to give you hemorrhoids. Yes, I'm going to give you hemorrhoids. I'm going to give you eternal flatulence. Everybody will know it's you coming. You will stink up the place everywhere you go. You will never eat enough Rolaids. Nothing will spell relief for you. I, I would use those supernatural powers, I think, if it were me. Aren't you glad I'm not Jesus? Because I'd have done a number to this world, really. I mean, I would have, you know, I have a crazy mind, so. And yet there he is. He's let all that roll off his back. And at the end of his life, as he's hanging on that cross, Luke 23, 34, with a little bit of life that's left in him, Jesus says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Most of you here this morning, you're dealing with one of two issues. Maybe you're saying to yourself, I'm really too, I'm too sensitive. I let stuff get to me. I don't let it roll off my back. It just gets me in a knot. My stomach gets all twisted up. I'm just too sensitive. God, I need that duck back outlook. Others of you are right now in the middle of a swirl of all kinds of emotions and you've been let down by someone and there's really some hatred in your heart. There's some unforgiveness. You may be watching live or this may be a recording that you watch in the future. And, and I want you just to, just to think about wh where are you at? You know, those deep wounds that we so often think we've gotten past and then something comes up and it's like our hearts start breaking all over again. Those of you today who are having relational struggles, listen to me. There's been a hurt. Maybe it's something that's been haunting you for a long time. I want you to understand that today is the day that you can deal with it. You don't have to walk out of this building dealing with this anymore. That's the reason we come to a place like this. It's a safe place. It's a place where we can say, God, I don't have to pretend to be someone I'm not. God, I don't have to pretend that I don't have problems. God, I don't have to pretend that my kids aren't, aren't, aren't twisting my stomach into knots. I don't have to pretend all that. God, I can come before you just the way I am because you are the great physician. And the Bible says that he's able to do something that's, that's supernatural in our lives. He's able to take that hardened heart 
and he's able to give us a brand new heart. Let me leave you with this last scripture, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. It says, and I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you, says the Lord. And I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. I believe that's what God wants for each and every one of us today. And if you're here this morning and you've had some struggles in one of these two areas where you're just too sensitive and you're just letting people get to you and you're letting circumstances get to you, then your prayer today is, God, give me a duck-back outlook on life. Let things just roll off. And if you're here this morning, you would say, you know, God, it's, it's my heart. I've just, I need a softer heart. I've really let it get hard. Just for the next few moments with your head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to let this be a time between you and the Lord. You and the Lord. In a few moments, I'll, I'll, I'll call our prayer partners up here and you can come and pray with them if you have a need. And Maybe you need to share this with someone this morning. Maybe you, you say, God, I just need to verbalize this. I don't have to give details, but I just need to let someone know. It's my kids, it's my sister, it's my aunt, my uncle, my parents. It's a situation at work. Would you just please pray? But I just want to ask you this morning, if you're here today, and you would say, you know, Lord, I have this situation going on in my life, and it's really, it's really a situation where I, I guess I've, I've just allowed myself to be a little too sensitive. And God, I need that duck back outlook on life. Or maybe you're here this morning, you would say, God, for me, I've, I've let it get too far. My heart's become hard. If you're here this morning and you're, you're ready, ready and willing to ask God and admit to God, I need your help in one of those areas. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, would you just lift your hand up? I want to pray for you. Just, yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Are there others? Maybe you're here in the sound of my voice, whether it's through the internet or watching online later, or maybe right here in this room. And you would say, you know, I think I'm, I'm dealing with some of these things the wrong way because I don't know really that my relationship with God is where it needs to be. If you're here today and you would say, God, I really want to be in right relationship with you. I understand that that comes through Jesus Christ. A relationship with him offers me forgiveness so that I can be in right relationship with the Father. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart to forgive your, all your mistakes, and you're at that place today where you feel like God is prompting you to say, today is the day. I'm going to put a stake in the ground, and I'm going to say from this day forward, I'm going to let the Lord lead my life. I'm going to live for him. I want Jesus to forgive my sins and come into my heart. If that's you today, I want you to pray this little simple prayer, something like this. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a person who's made mistakes. I'm in need of your forgiveness. And today I place my faith and trust in you. Forgive my sins and give me a brand new life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Now for those of you this morning who raised your hand, I want to pray for you. If you're, if you're asking for that duck back attitude or you're asking for God to soften your heart, I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, 
Lord, for those all who are within the sound of my voice, today I'm praying for each and every one, God, who have made a commitment and said, Lord, I need a help. I need help. I need a helping hand in this. I need to have an attitude and an outlook that allows things just to roll off. God, I need <coughs> to be able to hear things and not let them twist me and bend me and pull me out of shape. I don't need all this stuff to stick to me. God, give me a duck back outlook on life. I'm too sensitive. And Father, for other hands that were raised and said, God, I need a soft heart. Lord, I've let things in life harden my heart and now I'm, I'm having a real hard time in relationships and trusting people. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, for all those hands that were raised, for anyone who's dealing with that, we pray that you would touch them this morning. God, that you would answer those needs, that you would answer those requests today. And Lord, may we be people who are changed as we walk out of this building. God, as we go into this world and there's so much need, God, let us be people that can be looked to for hope. Help us to be an example of Christ in all that we say and do. And God, we ask that you would be with us today as we go our separate ways, Lord. As the ladies meet for a time of fun and fellowship, we pray your blessings on each and every one of them. And we ask that you would give us a great week until we can come together again. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen and amen. And if you need special prayer, I'm going to just if we could kind of dismiss our prayer team to the back corners this time, I'm changing it up a little bit on you. But if you need prayer, that way you can just kind of tuck back in there. No one's really going to notice you're not down here in the lights or anything. But I just, I just feel like maybe there's someone. Maybe it's one of your kids. Maybe it's one of your nephews or nieces. It's somebody's. You just need to pray with someone for someone. Okay? And if that's you today, please don't leave this place without lifting it up in prayer. Our prayer partners will be right back here in these corners. So please, please join with them. And the rest of you guys, I love you. I'm glad to be back home. I'm glad to be with you this morning. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Invite some people to come because these questions we're dealing with are extremely practical and will help people's lives to be changed. Lord bless you this morning. Be sure to meet someone if you don't know them and meet our, our, our missionary pastor friend here. Uh, let him know that you're supporting him in prayer and that we're behind missions around here at Whitewater Church. Lord bless you this morning.